everyone, once again, you are tuned into the Iconist Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm one of your hosts, Barry3D Carter. You know the name, you know the game. Here it goes. If you want to see where I'm at, check the link down below at Barry3D Carter. And this way you can find all the links and anything we're doing for this show, uh, anything I'm doing solo, and anything I'm doing with my boys. So what I mean by that is I do stand-up comedy all over. You want to see where I'm going to be at next? Barry3D.com. Check out the tour dates. Can't go wrong. Come out, support. I'm all over Ontario and Quebec. You know, come out, say hi. Let's talk comics when I'm done the show, before the show, when after, even during the show, we'll, I throw in some jokes. Right. Um, when I say I do things with the boys, I'm talking with a group I'm a part of. It's uh, my comedy uh, group I'm a part of there, which is called A Touch of Grey Matter. We are going to finally, at one point, get back to some videos, but we have a bunch of videos on our YouTube channel. Check them out. The link is down below. And that's uh, myself with Zelf Ali and that madman I love so much, Dave Sokolowski. Right on. And always keep an eye out for what Dave is doing because he does a lot of fundraisers, you know, for the homeless, anything along those lines, food banks and all that with the widow's son. So please, you know, if you want to donate, it's not even something for me. That's more uh, his project that he does. And we help out with that with the comedy and give comedy and you guys give something back and, you know, uh, always come out, support the shows, have a good laugh, support a great cause. So want to say that touch of gray matter. Once again, myself, Zolfa Lee, and Dave Sokolowski. Now, on that note, we also want to give a big shout-out to uh, another friend of ours, Brandy Ford, who does The Writer and the Witch. She has her monthly subscription magazine. See the link down below. Please subscribe. You'll find our ads in there for this show, The Iconist Podcast, and A Touch of Grey Matter, along with other things going on around the area. So she's very witty as a writer and a witch. She's got a lot going on. She also performs comedy herself, too, so give her a shout. Uh, check her out. That's the, the the bottom line right there. And if you too said, I want to change my life, I want to do something different, don't know what to do, you want to start a project, you too can start a podcast. And if you go on to podbean.com, it's one of the cheaper ones that has you know all the things that you need to start up your own podcast from scratch, and it makes it so simple for you. We are on there also, so you can find us at iconis.podbean.com. Can't miss it out. It's it's definitely, if you want to do podcasting, it's the easiest way to go. And I know we do have this show on YouTube, too. But, I mean, we do both for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yes. Almost done. Like usual. I don't do this show alone. Why? Mm-hmm. There's nothing better to do a show with a friend. But what happens if that friend is even family? That makes it even that much better. So I am blessed twice over because I got one of my best friends and my cousin on my side. The man, the myth, the legend, the one that's going to make you dance all night so you got blisters on your feet and the heels come off. You understand that? With your hands are up in the air and you're coming out with your shirt different colors because it's drenched in hot sweat. I'm talking about the one and only... DJ Rod C. Welcome in, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Iconis is... You know me. I'm not going to say it. You can no, read it. Gonna say it's it, around there. That, that's DJ that's Rod it. C. That's, that's my cousin, yeah, yeah. Mr. Rod C. And yeah. Rod... Let hmm. the people know where they can find you when they need to Ladies find you, because I know, before you even say anything, you don't hmm. show up one time a week to DJ. You don't show up yeah. two times a week to DJ. Yeah. You show up three or more times a week to DJ virtually. Yes, and- on the world of Twitch. Ladies and gentlemen, you can find me on the world of Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash DJ Rod C. Oh, but not, I digress. You also can find me on the Instagram, and on the Instagram, you can find me at Mr. Rod C. So M-R-R-O-D-C. You can find me there. Ladies and gentlemen, we're about to have some fun tonight. Uh, I just keep, well, you know what? I always bring the, 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 the fun, the vibes, the enjoyment online. 
So if you always want to have a party, pass through. You can find me on Twitch. Say, hey, I saw you, Icona. I saw you, Icona. I saw you. Welcome in. Get this person a virtual drink. Yes, virtual drink because um, I'm, I'm not balling like that just yet. Yeah, exactly. If you really want to catch favor with Rod, you just turn around and say, hey, man, what's Saturday love? Oh, what's Saturday love? <laughs> well, I'll <laughs> tell you what Saturday love is. <laughs> uh, again, hilarious as, as you say that. Um, yeah, I have to drop that the other day. I'm like saying, uh, he's not here right now. <laughs> favorite song. It's his favorite song. I was My, it, I was like, the best song ever. I loved, he loves a Saturday night. I love my Saturday love, man. That's Alexander O'Neill and Sherelle. Come on now. That that mm. was a power duo. Jeez. Forget mm. Jay-Z and Beyonce. No disrespect. <laughs> I'm just saying. He's just saying. Sherelle, Alexander O'Neill. That boy was almost the lead singer of, Mor- of the time with Morris Day. And Morris mm. Day used to play drums. If you didn't know, now you know. All right. And then all of a sudden, um, you know, Alex was asking for too much money and craziness. Prince said, hit the high road. And he looked at Morris and said, Morris, you ain't on drums no more. You now lead singer. And he got bumped up. And now we got Morris Day in the time. We almost had Alexander O'Neill in the time. But you see what greed got you? Got to think about the big picture. So that, that's what it is. Mm. But we still got that great song, Saturday Love. Woo. Uh, uh, for always and forever hey. You will be my Saturday love Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday Saturday love Alright, we know we can't sing, that's cool Alright, maybe Rod can sing, I can't sing But I can dance You can dance You can dance You can dance. I can dance if I want to and really behind. Oh yeah, I'll do my safety dance Right on, okay um, I can do the Humpty Dance. Okay, I'm good. Okay, I'm good. Right. right so cool. you can see Rod on Twitch. Rod's also on TikTok. He's on Instagram. You can find Rod everywhere. And yeah, look, I'm you on. know what? For anybody, just look around. You'll be surprised. Rod comes out live and DJs live at a lot of events. So mm-hmm. roll through. Roll through. Roll through. Roll what? through. <laughs> roll out. Roll out. Roll out. out. Enough about me and my craziness, ladies and gentlemen. We want to have, we want to give you some fun, but first we still got one more person to, uh, to address. Ooh, that's right, as usual. That may be. We going to address Hmm. the unseen member, the one that makes Hmm. us look even prettier than we can be on our own. We can't Hmm. do it without him. Now, if you got Podbean, you got YouTube, but you got to have what? You got to have a template. You got to have a logo. You got to have a look. You got to be a, Hmm. you got to dress up. You got to present yourself, son. You got to dust off the the shoulders and make yourself look good. Styling like Morris Day would, man. Shoulder pads and everything. And the thing goes, and it goes like this. If you got a product, you care about your product, and you want someone to care about you and your product, you got to turn to our boy, and he will mm. hook you up. And if you mm. mention that you heard about him here on the Iconist podcast, he will give you a discount on any work you need done. And that's not so, even anything comic book related. We're talking from calendars, the signs, the logos, for anything front-facing for your business, the banners, the T-shirts, the pens, the, the, the everything, everything. Mm. Anything you can put something on, he got you covered. You know why? Because he's done it already. So he's done it for us. He's done it for a touch of gray matter. He's done it for Tommy dreamer the wrestler yes the wrestler he's a huge wrestling fan go back and watch our vinnie mac episode you'll see him rod let him know who we're talking about ladies and gentlemen we're talking about jay bird digital arts jay bird digital arts jason reese tell him you heard about here on the iconist podcast he'll give you a discount Woo! 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 
<laughs> limousine riding. Ooh. You might not have a limousine. I know I don't, but he makes it look like I have one. So thank you, Jay. <laughs> nice. Nice. All right. Today's episode. Mm. Rod, this is mm. one of your picks. Who this are we talking about today, picks. Rod? We are talking about a very unique individual. We're in the world of Marvel. Who we will be talking about is an individual by the name of Magic. 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 Ileana Rasputina. Rasputina, sorry. I'm always going to do that. <laughs> but but, but, but this, this individual, Magic, you mean like little pull a bunny out of the hat Magic? A magic. little sprinkle, a little, little fairy dust mm. Magic? Okay, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Okay, I'm over caffeinated again. I don't care. I'm excited. Yeah, man, I'm good. Let's do it. Magic. All right. So we're going to talk about magic. Yeah. Yeah. Ileana Rasputin. Rasputin. That's her name. Yes, magic from Marvel. Now, Mm. Ileana, for who knows, knows. For some of you all might not go, who's, who's, who's Ileana? We have no idea. Well, here's mm. a hint. I'm wearing my X-Men shirt. So we mm. know she's got to be somewhere based in that realm, in that sphere of X-Men. That's right. We told you her name's Magic. Mm. And I'm surprised by a lot of things by this character. Mm. That she gets her appearances. She's part of storylines. But I thought she would be like a big swinger within that realm. And I think they missed the boat. I'm going to tell you why in a bit why I think they missed the boat they mm. messed up with magic I'm going to tell you why they, I think Marvel you, you missed the boat with magic uh, I like magic so I'm not saying any you know no no shade on magic I'm thinking Marvel you had something and you missed Harry okay alright so yes we are talking about Ileana Rasputin, Rasputin okay and we're going to break down some of her appearances like usual we'll let you know where she came from so Ileana Rasputin her first appearance was in 1970, 1975. So in May of 1975, in Giant X-Men issue number one. That issue, X-Men, has done so much for what the X-Men world is today. So before this, the original team of X-Men was Cyclops, Marvel Girl, Iceman, Angel, and Beast before he had the blue fur. Okay. Right. They went through their adventures, and the X-Men comics went, got to a certain point, and at one point they seemed to stop, so they kind of started repeating the adventures and reformatting. So that's how they got almost to 100 issues or 100 issues. And then at one point, you know, they said, we got to give this another shot in the arm because sales are going low and how to bring it back. So they, you know, of course, they introduced the classic characters, the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, Magneto, yada, yada, yada. But then individual Chris Claremont came on board said aha i have light i have an idea and he did giant size x-men issue number one which is almost like x-men issue 100 whatever have you ever want to look at it right back in 1975 and in there we got the introduction of wolverine we got nightcrawler we got storm sunfire thunderbird you know i don't say introduction these are the first time these characters are you know really well not wolverine but all the other characters appeared right wolverine appeared in you know and I'll dispute this. A lot of people say he appeared in Hulk issue number 181. But his first appearance was in issue 180 because he shows up on the very last page of Hulk 180. 
And then you see him in action in 181. So that was really his, you know, his debut was 180. Comic book was 181. All right. So then that was the new X-Men. That's how they came. They formed. um, And and they they put that team together. Now, of course, the old X-Men. So you had the old and new there. But the whole thing is Charles Xavier's X-Men, the original X-Men that I mentioned, right? Team one, which is, you know, the original one, the five I mentioned off there. You know, Mm -hmm. uh, Cyclops, Iceman, Angel, Beast, and Marvel Girl. Uh, pretty much got kidnapped. Oh no! By the evil island of Kakroa. Oh no! Cyclops makes it back. His eye beams are not working. He's all tattered and clothes. Xavier, what's going on? He's like, oh geez, I had other mutants I was monitoring. I will, you know, summon them and we have to go back and save the X-Men. He's like, yes, let's do this. Form the new team. And he goes around showing up in people's minds, showing up there and recruiting them. That's the way he saves Nightcrawler from a mob. You know, and there's a couple of reasons I'll mention Nightcrawler. So he saves Nightcrawler from a mob. He goes and to the Canadian government and says, hey, uh, Wolverine, I want him to bring him on board. And Wolverine quit, quits Department H, which leads to him always trying to get, you know, taken back by Canada. Oh, Canada. You know, we nice until you take what we, we, we have. Dude, one, right? of our, one, of, one of ours. One of we ours. Exactly. I'm back. And that leads into the whole Alpha Flight storylines with Department H, with Wolverine, the Weapon X program. All right. Then, you know, um, you know, Sunfire, okay, he goes visit Sunfire. Sunfire's like, ah, I don't want to bother this, but, you know, I'll help you out, Xavier. He goes to get Thunderbird. Thunderbird's like, okay, look, you know what, man, uh, I'm not down with you guys because you don't help out my uh, tribe. You've totally forgot my, you know, my, my, I think Apache's, I think it's part of Apache's, like, forgive me if I'm wrong. I'll research it. We'll do an episode on Thunderbird. Or I'll clarify that. Probably should, yeah. Should right. Nice, yeah. So, yeah. So, then, you know, Thunderbird and he says no. And then Charles kind of, gets him going and riled up and he goes, all right, you know what? I'll help you out to show you how strong I am because you got me wrong. You know, hmm. he goes to see Sean Cassidy, who was a banshee at the time, retired into pole agent, recruits him. And then he goes, and I'm not saying it happens in this order, but these are the people he recruits. And then he goes over to, you know, Mother Russia, USSR. Mm-hmm. 99 Luftballons. Uh, I don't even know that's Russian or German. Okay, forget it. Um, <laughs> he gets over there. And he goes over to Russia and he sees, you know, Colossus and and and, and Peter, you know, mm-hmm. Pietro Rasputin, and his introduction and everyone's introduction is, you know, Piet- Pietro is out in the field because his family works on a farm. So you got him. He's in just overalls, a hat, and t-shirt. Looks very bulky because he worked on a farm his whole life. And then the tractor starts kind of going, and it automatically it starts to just running away. And he runs as quick as he can because it, the tractor is aimed for his little baby sister who's playing in the field with her dolls, just minding her business. And he jumps in front and then <clears throat> turns into Colossus. So he gets all armored up. The tractor hits him. Boom. Saves the sister. Mm-hmm. And that is the introduction to Alana Rasputin in X-Men Giant Size number one, 1975 in May. That's when we first meet her. She's just a little girl. Minding her business, playing with dolls. Don't know what's going on. Just chilling the, in the fields. Yeah, just sitting there. And, you know, she looks up to her big brother. Her big brother saved her life. Her big brother was very protective of her. The family turns around and says, hey, Colossus, you know what? The government's going to come by here. They're going to wonder what happened to the, the tractor. They're going to ask questions. It's best if you leave to protect you because, you know, your brother was taken as a cosmonaut. We don't know what happened to him. He died. We don't want to lose you. We'd rather know you're an American alive than staying here and, you know, taken in by the KGB. Right. Just leave. So he goes. But Elena stays behind, obviously, because she had nothing to do with it. Mm -hmm. Now, 
Let's that's her first introduction. We get to Atlanta Rasputin. One page, two pages. That's all we get from this character. But because she was so young, in my mind, she's a legacy character. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. She's a legacy character. That that's where she started. Okay. She's canon. She's canon. She's canon. She was there in giant size X-Men issue number one. Please put a I'm telling you that right now. Put a check mark on your reading list. It's very important reading. So that that's by the time we've done this episode, I'm gonna compile a quick reading list for you. That's one. Right on. And now we're gonna move on. So now the next time we don't see her for a while. All right, goes on. And now when she was brought in, that first appearance, um, you know, as Alana Rasputin was by Len Wynn and Dave Cockrum. So Dave Cockrum was, uh, you know, uh, these are the guys who created the new X-Men. They wrote it. They kind of came up with it. So sorry, my apologies. It wasn't Chris Claremont at that moment. It was Dave Cockrum, and he has other books that I like, you know, on Len Wynn. So they, you know, wrote it. All right, okay, got it. Cool. Moving on. Mm. Now we go years later. They bring her in because Peter still kind of writes home to his family. So the other time, this, uh, you know, when they give a little bit of backstory, Peter writes home to his parents, say, how's it going? How's my sister doing? Everything okay? Tell her I miss her. I love her. You know, big brother's always here for her. Cool. Uh, time goes on. So now we go into, now that was Giant Size X-Men issue number one. Then it kind of continues the numbering. So we get the X-Men issue 145. Put that on your reading list. Right? So you got X-Men, Giant X-Men issue number one. And then Uncanny X-Men issue number 145. And that's where Lana shows up again. So at this point, she's like, nah, about maybe seven years old or so. Yeah, six, seven. Six, six seven. seven. Right? She shows up. She's there. And the whole storyline in this is the the assassin, Arcade, gets kidnapped. And his, the Arcade has two people that work with him. I can't remember her name, but she's she works with Arcade and says, oh, geez, he got kidnapped. I want the X-Men to save Arcade because that's my partner, almost love interest. So she kidnaps, she bold, she kidnapped Ilana Rasputin. Crazy. Colossus at that time. Sorry, go go on, Rod. No, 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 no. I'm just, I'm just, you know me, I'll just throw in the pepper, man. Like, are you crazy? She nuts, man. She, she unbalanced. I mean, Colossus turns into like a organic armor. Okay, he he gets extremely strong. When I say extremely strong, at, at the time I think they were they were grading him at that time about the seventy five to eighty ton that he can lift in that form, and he's gotten stronger since. Mm-hmm. And he's not slow, even though he's clo- he's fast. That's the thing is everyone says he's so they don't everyone's so amazed how fast he can move, how fast he can run, how his, his so he's got a high dexterity. Let's put that in Dungeons and Dragons terms. Right, even in armored form, he he's got a high dexterity with fluid movement. Because <laughs> it's, it's basically organic metal. Basically, his skin turns into metal form, so he has is organic metal. So that's yes. why he has a dexterity to just move. The fluent, he can still do whatever he's doing. He's constantly shielded up yep. when he goes into armor mode. It's just it basically is is organic steel. Steel. So that's another reason why. It may be it's, heavy in that sense, but he he can move. He can move. She's crazy. Let me tell you something. If I had the power of Colossus, <laughs> and I was minding my business, and someone says to me, "Hey, so and so got kidnapped." By the way, by the way, by the way, by the way, I kidnapped your co-host, your cousin. I'm like, "Yo, 
With my hot temper, armor up. <laughs> okay, armor that's up. all I got to say. With my hot temper and superpowers, armor up. And, and you know, y'all see me laughing on here, but I got a bad attitude at moments. In a situation like that, that's going to bring up the wrong side of me. Let me, let me tell you. Oh, 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 yo, yo, yo. Dark and dangerous. Ladies oh, and gentlemen. Yeah. We're about to feel the pain. I've been playing Method Man, bring the pain the whole time with MOP, anti up. <laughs> that, that'd be my playlist. And I'd walk in there and no. I'd be like Radio Raheem, you know, where he's got like hate and love. <laughs> He'd be like, bring and pain. That that would be it on my knuckles. That's a BP, you know. It'd just be, you know, Russell Peters, you know, someone's going to get the hurt real bad. That's all I'm going to say. Ooh, it, That's all I'm going to say. That would be the black, bald, iron version of Stone Cold Steve Austin. You will hear glass breaking along with bones. So anyways, they kidnap his sister. She kidnaps his sister to get the X-Men to help uh, have them go up and fight Dr. Doom mm-hmm. to get back Arcade. Foolish mortals. Yeah, Colossus mm-hmm. didn't think twice about that one. Oh, for sure. Right, right. So that's issue, Uncanny X-Men, issue number 145. So you see her come back, she's about, as I said, six or seven. Mm-hmm. Now, we're not done. The third major piece you need to read is X-Men, and this really starts it off. X-Men... Uncanny X-Men issue 160, 160. Because in this, you get uh, Blasco, 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 if I mispronounced it, the, the demon from Limbo comes over and kidnaps Ileana along with Kitty Pride. Mm-hmm. Stupid. Foolish mortal. Stupid. Let me tell you why you stupid. Okay, now this is a magic episode. Don't get me wrong. I'm just giving you the backstory. So, Ileana is Colossus's sister. Mm-hmm. Kitty Pride, Shadow Cat, Sprite, whatever name she's going by, is like Colossus' love interest girlfriend. You just took the two most important people in his life to Colossus. And you expect to walk away. Uh, okay. So the X-Men do go in, of course, into limbo. They make themselves, they make their way there, right? That's the, the new X-Men. So that's like, you know, keep in mind, that's like Cyclops. Wow. Okay. That, you know, you got Xavier on the home front, but that's Cyclops. That's, that's Storm, Colossus, Wolverine, Nightcrawler, Banshee. Is Banshee there? No, no, Banshee wouldn't be there, not at this point, right? But that that's the core. And they're going in there to limbo to get two of their own. It's about to go down. They do what they need to do, come back. Now, here's the key moment where things flip. They come out of limbo. So they got Kitty frozen, they, they, you know, uh, let's go there. He's like, ah, okay, got you all. Fight, whatever, they escape. When they're escaping, they go through the portal, they come back into, you know, let's say Earth Realm. Mm-hmm. Earth Realm. They come back, you know, like Mortal Kombat. They come back to Earth Realm out of limbo. And at one point they're coming through. Kitty's there, everyone's there. And Belesco turns around and he grabs Ileana and pulls her back in. And Kitty jumps and puts her hands in the portal, grabs onto Ileana, 
And as they're doing this tug of war power struggle, you know, and the whole team's pulling on her, so she's not going to let go. And oh, comes the portal. It's Ileana. But she's aged seven years. What just happened? What just happened there? Please explain. So, keep in mind, Blesco pulled her in. Katie jumped over right away. Turned around, got her hands. In the split second, they weren't together. And then she got her, pulled her out. She's aged seven years. Now, that's Uncanny X-Men issue 160. At this point, Chris Claremont, Sal Bashumi, uh, turn around and come up with an idea for a character. That character's name is Magic. And this is now the story of Magic. And and she starts off with her own four issue miniseries. So before any of the New Mutants were had their book, she had a book, four issue miniseries, and explains. And that four issue miniseries it explains what happened in those split seconds when Blesco pulls her into limbo. Kitty jumps over, reaches for her, feels her hands, and pulls her out. Because in our reality here on Earth Realm, finish him. It was mere seconds. But in limbo, it was seven years that passed. Ileana grew. She became a woman. And just like every Rasputin, she developed powers. And her powers were making opening portals. So she could open portals and walk through and teleport anywhere, great distances, and through time. That's her power. But we all forget that's her power because she was trained in magic. <laughs> so Belesco turned around, had her in, in 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 limbo and wanted a trainer, and he gave her like a pendant and you know a little bit of her blood to make these bloodstones and taught her all the ways of magic in that seven years. She became a, 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 a she was his main focus. She was a student. She studied and soaked up everything because, I mean, there's really no one else her age. It's like little demons running around. She, you know, she had a hard life living there under a demon, but she learned because, you know, he wanted to bring her about to, to raise her as a sacrifice. And she said, oh, no, I'm going to turn the tables on you. And she went and, and they explained what happened. So she learned magic. And, and in that whole experience, she got different powers she became like the sort and she's got the title of sorcerer supreme of limbo, limbo. right not of earth realm but limbo and she turned around and got those powers okay and the manifestation of her powers is one thing which is not and it's not the only thing but her the main thing everyone sees is the soul sword you know she uses her essence to make this giant sword that can cut through anything it could even cut kitty pride when she's intangible let that sink in for a second because we know Katie Pride has the ability to phase through. And if you don't know Katie Pride, she has Shadow Cat basically has the ability yep. to just phase through. So basically, it's like, in a sense, Ghost, Sprite. She had different names that were so Shadow Cat, Sprite at one time, given yep. that type of, you know, untangible kind of walk through like a ghost. Oh my God, you're here. Oh my gosh, you're not here type of scenario. Yep. She can make so herself so intangible, she can walk on air, literally. <laughs> so to reference back so there's a machine or sorry 
there's a piece of hardware that can actually cut the untouchable. Yes. We'll just stay right here. Yes. I'll just but stay that, right that here. That has nothing to do with her mutant ability. Her mutant ability is just opening portals. But everyone in the X-Men, New Mutants, no matter who she teams up with, rely more on her for her magic abilities as opposed for her mutant abilities because this one is outshone the other one, even though she's called magic. So mm-hmm. to give you a breakdown, she has her soul sword, which she can turn around and that's her essence and she can use it to cut through anything. And as time has gone on, that sword has gone from a long rapier kind of sword to a Final Fantasy Cloud yeah. 7 kind of sword with a big thick blade that she has. And then the more she uses her magic powers, she gets armor, almost like her, not like her brother, but it actually looks like old school medieval armor. And you always see it, it starts on her arm, so she'll get like a metallic glove all the way up one arm, and then she'll get like one shoulder pad of that armor and that, you know, it's, it's bullet resistant and, you know, extreme temperatures and so forth, hot, cold. But that's just a touch of it. The more she uses her magic powers, the more the armor covers her body. And then the more she uses her magic powers, she gets this other aspect of her personality called the Dark Child, where she gets horns coming out the top of her head. Well, that's going to come out any place else, or you can get horns, you know what's on your head, right? Yeah. So she gets horns. She gets cloven feet. So from the knee down, she's got cloven feet, and that's the Dark Child persona. Her eyes go totally red, no irises, just, you know, the pupils red. She gets fangs. So, so here's here's a nice little transition. If you're not familiar with the image, if you've ever seen Hellboy, if you've ever seen the movie Hellboy, comic book as well, but definitely for those who may not have seen the comic book, if you've seen the movie Hellboy, you know at a certain point when he just goes basically all glazed as though he is now the Demon King and he has the fiery horn coming out and everything along that line, just kind of picture that kind of going to the dark side becoming a Sith Lord yes that's what she becomes yes yes troubles afoot hooven foot but troubles afoot troubles afoot I'm just saying hooven foot you know seriously so as I said in as Elana Rasputin May 1975 as magic December you know uh, December of 1983 Mm mm-hmm Almost shy of 10 years of this character and her transformation. Then she goes back and deals with uh, Blisco for kidnapping her, you know, and she takes over Limbo. Done. She got rid of him. She got rid of the Lord of Limbo and took over Limbo. She didn't take over a continent. She didn't take over a castle. She didn't take over a vehicle. She took over all of Limbo. Like it's the equivalent of if someone took over all of Earth, and they know they don't dispute that she's a leader. They all know she's a leader. They know the demons in Limbo say we can't beat her, even when she's not in Limbo. It's like you gonna plot against her? Nope. And then she has her her sidekick demon slash bodyguard, the one that you know used to be Belisco's bodyguard because he's there as the station. So he's the bodyguard for whoever rules Limbo, and that simp. You know, yeah. S apostrophe Y M. So he's he's you know um, appointed as the guardian of whoever sits on the throne. Let's put it that way. It's almost like Gladiator or Lalandra. Doesn't matter who's leading the Shi'ar. Mm. Gladiator stays in his role 
as the Imperial Guard because he's got he's honor bound to the throne regardless who sits on it and if he agrees with him or not. That's his role. Same thing with Sim. Even though Sim does try to backstab her and then she puts him in his place hard. So that's that's the reading homework there. If you want to get really go from Ileana, the turning points to her, to magic. And then this also leads later on to Colossus' own journey where he stops, uh, where Colossus decides to cure or he's a cure for the legacy virus that's killing off the mutants. It's because something happens with her Oh, I say something. I mean, you know, you know, she passes away and he gets motivated because she died from the, the legacy virus. So he has the cure, but it needs to go into a body of a mutant for it to spread. And he sacrifices his life to do it. Of course, it's Marvel. No one dies forever. Don't worry. Ileana, Colossus, they're back. Okay, we good. But that's the, that's there's a lot more meat on that sandwich, as I like to say, mm-hmm. there. So that that's me about Ileana so I, and, and Magic. And I like Magic because... She's up there with a level of Doctor Strange. She's the Sorcerer Supreme of Limbo. When they were looking for another Sorcerer Supreme for Earth after Strange was gone, she was on the shortlist. I'll say this for, for Ileana. She, she's a very unique character in regards to the lore of Colossus. We now seen and I'm still even waiting for Colossus integrating from Deadpool into the X-Men movies that's coming right. up. I hope they are able to make that. But when you see Colossus, you see that he's he's the big teddy bear. He's the little he's the, he's he's a simple he try to be he not try to be. He is a simple minded guy in the sense that he likes peace and like tranquility and stuff like that. But like that <coughs> sorry. But like Barry said earlier, you cross the line with him. You're going. You're you're now poking the Russian bear. You're poking, bing bing, because you know metal skin. Yeah, you're gonna get yourself messed up. So, Ileana is is to me she's a unique one because she's that one that can always calm him down if need be. You know, she's 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 the one who you know when if he goes and flares up kind of scenario. But I like her because when she is older now. And mm-hmm. she's now the leader, or she's basically the source of freedom limbo. You start to see the characteristics of her that when she let herself go to to become um, when the powers are taking over and everything along that line, yes. you start to see that that the dark child out of her that persona was coming out in full 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 swing, mm-hmm. and she was literally someone not to mess with at all that's what i like about i like about this character because this character was was an individual who just basically showed uh that she grew in age in limbo but everybody at the beginning had to understand and reflect to realize like they're not looking at little uh seven-year-old eight six-year-old seven-year-old Diana, and they're now realizing you're you're a young a young person because when she came back they basically she was too old she was too young to, for the X-Men's team and I believe they just started the New Mutants at that time. Yeah, she was too young to join the uh, the, the, the X-Men team because the X-Men they didn't team. know how to take her because like in their minds 
she was seven. So like to keep in mind, maybe I, I missed this point. I'll say this real quick and I'll let you go on. Mm. When, when Belesco pulled her into limbo, seven years went by. When Kitty Pride put her hands in there. So if you read that 4 issue miniseries, she gets pulled into limbo. Okay, the X-Men are not there. She goes through all her adventures, her lifespan. And then she sees a pair of hands finally come in to grab her. And she reaches for these hands in, at the end of like issue four kind of thing. And they pull her out. So for the X-Men, only a couple of seconds passed that she was gone. Mm-hmm. Right? Because keep in mind, he pulls her in. Oh, no. Kitty jumps over. Puts her hands in. Okay, wait a minute. I got her. Pull. Pulls her out. You're set. You're 14? You're 13, 14? Yeah. So they had a hard time even grasping it. And also the psychological aspects of it. Because what happened to her in those seven years, at that time, keep in mind time frames now, right? She's, she experienced more in, you know, in that gap of seven years of hardship, heartache, you know, trials and tribulations. Than Colossus did at the time because Colossus was not on the X Men team for seven years, so she went through life fast forward. Some things would be off with her because she hasn't had human interaction in all that time. She just hung out with demons. Mm -hmm. Well, there's demons, and there's actually some individuals, if I remember correctly, um, in limbo. While she was there for the seven years, yes, she was being trained by Belisco to in the world in the in the in the world of dark magic, right? And yes. there was a certain time that she after she escaped from escaped from him and under Sim and everything along that line, she came across an individual who was their version of Storm. Yes, who was helping her practice white magic. Yes. So basically, giving her the 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 good, the good and and, and the uh, the good and the bounty, you know, um, good angle, the good end, the good side of magic, and saying like that's dark magic. We're gonna go on white magic. So I'm gonna show you the good magic and how you can help yourself and basically rewrite everything that you learned. So again, this also helps out to to the level of being the source of supreme. She knows both sides. Even if you even if you go with Doctor Strange, he knows the both sides of dark magic and good magic. That's right. why he can have the, the the understanding of calling himself the Sorcerer Supreme versus being half a Supreme, because he only knows what side. Yeah, and look, that's it. It's like even one of the storylines with Luke Skywalker, where he was always raised with the Force, but then he wanted to learn the dark side. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you read uh, Dark Empire Two, that was done by I can't remember I had Dark Horse Comics. Yeah, Dark Horse Comics that miniseries. He goes willingly to the dark side. So yes, you're right. She learns both sides and she learns it from a storm from a different dimension because with her disc, she's able to go into alternate reality. She's that gateway to alternate realities and also, as I said, time travel if she wants to. So storm and so there was a storm in limbo. And that and that's a that's a funny thing I just thought of is that Storm was the mother figure to Ileana in another universe. Right. She was the grandmother figure to Bishop. She was a mother figure to Kitty Pride. Yes. Okay. And uh, I think she somewhat took on that role with Rogue when Rogue came onto the team at one point because Rogue was a little bit younger. Mm-hmm. Right. So she's always been the mother figure. But Marvel, you never gave Storm a kid. I, I think that's the, the miss 
right? I'm talking mainstream. I'm talking 616 universe, right? Mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. Storm and, and T'Challa, to me, they should, one, I didn't want them to get them to separate the two. And they should have had a kid. It would have been like that cartoon, the new Avengers or uh, Avengers Next or the, right. I can't remember the name of the, the you know, Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Avengers all the Dead. kids from yeah. the Avengers team, but one of them was Storm and T'Challa had a son and he had a combination of both their powers, which was sick. Mm. So anyways, not to get off topic, but Storm fits that role for a lot of people, regardless of what dimension she's in. So even if you get an alternate version of Storm, she still has the same core motherly instincts that, you know, are very common with, with Storm on, on Ephra's aspects, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're right. So she had Storm teaching her about white magic. And then they also had Dark Beast from a different dimension, and he was there too. And while well, she dealt with him very harshly, let's just say that. So she's, uh, as I said, to me, magic is an interesting character in the sense that she's got a lot of history. So you got the good side of magic, you got the magic side of magic, you got the mutant side of magic, and then you have the dark child side of magic, which is supposed to fulfill a legacy, which I haven't seen come to fruition yet. With, there's so much to do with magic that I don't think you need to put magic on a team. You could just let magic be magic. Now, 100%. Yeah. What, and, I'll, and I'll let you go, but this is what I was saying before <laughs> in the beginning of the episode where I think Marvel missed the boat. DC, and I'm not trying to say one place is over the other. I like them both. Uh, and I like all comics. This is why we do this show. So DC turned around and they said, okay, well, we got Justice League, Justice League International, Justice League of America, whatever. And then they did something that was cool. They did Justice League Dark. Like, which handled anything magic basic. Batman realized that they need a team that, even though he doesn't really understand magic, it's there. Need someone to help combat it. Better have a team that I can keep an eye on and do it. And that is where I think the X-Men missed the mark because you've got X-Men, you had uh, Red Team, Gold Team. Okay, you got X-Force, X-Factor. X-Factor is supposed to be part of the government and oh. that was their facade. Or no, first they were, X-Factor was mutant hunters, but they're really mm-hmm. mutants. And then it was X-Factor were you know, the mutant team sponsored by the government, right? Run by Havoc at that time. Okay. Then you had X-Force, which was a new mutants, changed to X-Force. Um, you know, and Cable was running that team and it was a black ops team and it still is a black ops team. Their, mo- yep. their motto is, hey, we know that person's a bad guy. Let's get them before they get us. Why do we always have to react when someone attacks us? We know they're bad guys. Okay, take them, right? Like, don't wait, just take them. Okay, and that's X-Force's model. So that being said, how come there's not an X-Men magic division? And that's why I think they missed the mark. I hear you. Because there's so much magic in the Marvel Universe. Mm -hmm. That Mm -hmm. uh, Here's a couple of things. I know it just happened now, but I think this should have happened before. Ileana should have teamed up with the Scarlet Witch. Both magic users, both mutants, troubled past, they would have a lot more in common than they don't, that it would be cool to see them two team up for a miniseries. A couple of issues okay, in someone's book, right? I mean, Scarlet Witch, even though she's with the Avengers, she was she's linked to the X-Men world. Okay? And, and then, and I'll let you go, and then my last point yeah. is Nightcrawler. So depending yeah. on what story you want to go with Nightcrawler, we all know that Nightcrawler's mom is Mystique. Okay. But then we know Nightcrawler's dad, well, he, the, who Mystique married was this Baron. But then who was his biological father was a demon. And that's why Nightcrawler has the appearance of three fingers, three toes, and a tail. The blue skin comes from his mom. The pointy ears and all that comes from his dad. The teleportation, he's a mutant. Okay, got it. 
But when Nightcrawler teleports, if you understand Nightcrawler, he doesn't so much per se teleport one place to the other. He he leaves our realm, goes through another realm, and then comes out. And they explain that in X-Men Evolution even more so. So if you right. slow him down, he goes through like almost like a demon realm. And this is why every time he teleports, when he comes on the other side, even though it's like two seconds, he comes on the other side, he smells of sulfur. So you're trying to tell me that they couldn't put magic, especially with Nightcrawler's beliefs in Christianity. So because all the characters that look like demons have a, a light side. You couldn't put Ileana, Nightcrawler, and Wanda together for a couple of adventures? That, that would have been um hopefully we'll have to do some research on them. Hopefully they would have at least done one or two episodes. I mean uh adventures. That couldn't have uh, if the your cat it's hard for me to believe because you're saying it and it, it makes so much sense like that's right there in front of you. Like how can you have not tie that together? Now in regards to having the dark team and everything like that, that would definitely be under the X Men, you know Oh yeah frame kind of scenario yeah so you know talking about like with with uh scarlet witch um you know dr strange because dr strange is you know considered the source of supreme of the earth realm of the earth realm so would he work with the source of supreme of limbo realm um, i don't see why not but again maybe there's some you know only, I'm sure they'll have it only if there's a threat Listen, you can even even see it in um if you want a, a, another shot. I actually was uh I picked it back. I picked it up just uh, not that long ago. A versus X. Yes. You'll see there's a, there's actually something that magic magic was about to go to something and Cap might say, Stephen, don't worry, I got her, and went to her realm, and he's like, you know, being you know being Stephen, like yeah, I don't know why you would have tried to try to to try to fight me. Uh, Elena, because you know I'm not source of supreme. I don't think you're that crazy. And she said, "No, I actually thought I didn't realize you were that crazy to actually fall for my ploy." And basically, you don't realize until afterwards that she defeated him, and with her magical powers, made the illusion that they look like each other. So it made it look like Stephen came back with a limp magic in his arms. Oh no! In reality, it was really magic pulling a limp. Stephen in her arms. Doctor Steve, Doctor Strange. Doctor wow. Strange in arm. That's how she. That's how powerful and she overtook him. And that's what she's saying. I really didn't even think you were gonna actually fall for the ploy and come back to my realm. Okay, let's right. let's let's dance, son. Let's dance. That, exactly. I'll even do you one better. Hmm. So take all the people I just mentioned, right? So that's Nightcrawler. That's Wanda. That's magic. And I'm still. This is more magic based, right? Like, you know, Atlanta Rasputin. Mm-hmm. And throw in Forge. Everyone knows Forge as oh, if he thinks he can, he can build it. Right. But Forge is a magic user. He's got he's got you know um, shaman magic. Uh, you know what I mean? Shaman magic. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he's a mutant. So, and he's all X Men, X Factor, whoever it is he's dealing with at the time. He's one of these characters kind of floats around. But he does have he does have. Magic, magic that he's used in the past. They always now. Here's the thing with Elana Rasputin. They deal more with her and her magic persona and her powers than they do with her with a teleportation disc. Mm-hmm. And with Forge, they use more his mutant powers as opposed to some of the magic that he knows. Right. Put them four together on a team and then let them loose and see what happens with X Men dealing with magic 
things because we know there's villains out there that use magic, like Doctor Strange. Uh, sorry, um, Doctor yeah, Doom. Doctor Doom. Well, listen, throw Shaman. Throw Shaman from Alpha Flight. From Alpha Flight. Throw him in there. Let him just come down to New York for a little while. Something happens. With our powers combined, right? And even his daughter. Yeah, even his daughter Talisman from Alpha Flight. Shaman's daughter from yeah. Okay. Talisman. Okay, there we go. Shaman's daughter Talisman from Alpha. So there's a lot there within it. There's a lot of more magic that probably people realize in the mm-hmm. in the X-Men universe. And I'm saying X-Men universe. I know they're part of Marvel, but if you took the X-Men characters, their storylines and all that and put it in one bubble, there's a lot of magic that happens already with who they have and who they got to deal with. And magic would be the key person for me with the amount of experience because she's got more experience because of Limbo. She got the jumpstart on a lot of people than, than they have. Like, she's Dangerous. I mean, she took out Doctor Strange. Sorcerer Supreme. Oh, you came to Limbo? Okay, let's dance. Bam. Exactly. So that's to show you the level, the power level that this individual have. And we're introducing, I've, I've been saying it for the last, you know, for our, our last amount of characters we've been talking about, mm-hmm. with the introduction of Doctor Strange, yes. Mystical Arts, with the introduction now of X-Men and so forth. Literally, we are now, there's an opportunity to just slither her right in between. She can just come in right like, I I don't know if I can think off the top of my head. You have X-Men. I can't really immediately think what other X-Men character that they can, you know, in that lore, in that realm that you can bring in right after X-Men. But if, if anything, if magic magic should be so close there, because at that top you're gonna have you're gonna have Colossus. If you're gonna do the first team or the second team, we're already we're already doing Colossus out of Deadpool. So now yep. Deadpool is becoming canon in the Marvel universe. So if Deadpool is canon, let's roll the dice and assume that we're going to he's gonna make some reference back to the mansion, make reference to Colossus. So Colossus is gonna be part of that universe. I, I it'll be you know heart it'll be heartbroken if if they don't if he doesn't. If they don't allow Deadpool, Ryan Reynolds, to make any conf, any reference back to his own quote unquote world realm, yes. Fox world, yes. to, to make some reference on there. And if you do that, you know how he's buddy buddy, you know, Chimichanga buddies with, with Colossus. Right. So we're going to bring Colossus in. So if you bring Colossus in, ding, 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 ding. Rasputina is, is now canon. You got Pietro. Let's bring in Ileana. In here. Well, I say Pietro, Pieter, Peter, you know, so it's Peter. Sorry, I keep saying Pietro. Pietro's a uh, quicksilver, so it's Peter. Sorry, it's Peter Rasputin. Sorry. Okay, no, it's so Pietro. Yeah, it's Pietro. Pietro. It's still Pietro. All right. But yeah, so we, the, uh, yeah. the fact that you have, you, have, you have it right there. So I would definitely like to see this character in there because, again, um, oh, Lord, we just, you know what? This is when we're bad, Ron. Bad Barry. We just said certain names and we didn't even bring in like saying Moon Knight. This is where we were talking about the magic uh, yes. a, a good amount of couple of episodes. That's what I'm thinking in my head. We were talking about magic. Who is who's who's gonna be uh who's gonna who's gonna be doing that? And realize wait a minute, we talked about Moon Knight. Moon Knight. So again, the lore is right there. It's, it's right, right there. there. To show you how close it is, right? So we just call out a couple of characters that would work really well with magic and some good storylines. They can even do uh, Inferno 2. You know, remember the Inferno storyline where it was the Goblin Queen? So at this point, oh! Jean Grey's... De- okay, right, okay, right? Is, thank you. Honestly, honest, honestly, I was, thinking around that, I was thinking along that line. 
And all I kept thinking, I, I was thinking of, I wasn't thinking of Madeline. I was thinking right. of Jean. So anytime yes. I thought of Jean, I started going to the White Queen. And I'm like, no, that's not magic. But I'm dead sure there was something magical with Jean. It was Madeline. That's, Madeline, what, I was exactly. that's what I was talking about. In so my head, we literally. knew Madeline, the Goblin Queen, Infernal storyline. That there is something I think, you know, I, I, magic was there. I believe she was. But, you know, you can do an Infernal 2 with magic. You can even make magic part of Infernal 2, like the Dark Child takes over. Uh, I, I, you know, th- there's a there's an issue with the New Mutants. Uh, it's a giant size. Not giant size. It's an annual. The art was done by uh, Art Adams. And they end up in Asgard. I can't remember what issue it is, but they end up in Asgard, the the New Mutants. And at one point, you got the Enchantress, and she turns around and she removes the Dark Child um, persona out and and manifest it. So you see the Dark Child in its full glory. You see, you know, Atlantis split in two physically. So the art on that is so nice. You got to pick that up. But you can do an Infernal two. There's a little bit. We had Civil War two. We 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 got Secret War five. Whatever. You can, and they never went back to Infernal. So they can do an Infernal 2 dealing with Limbo invading Earth and really focus on an, uh, Ileana Rasputin yeah. magic becoming the Dark Child and really fulfilling that prophecy and see what happens and then how they cap that back and then yeah. continue. It would really give an, the audience, the readers, something fresh, bring in some of the other people we talked about, like Nightcrawl, Nightcrawler, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, Scarlet Witch, mm-hmm. Forge, Shaman, Talisman. Let them really come in, bond that universe together. Savor, and then move on, and yep. but it would show everybody how powerful she is, how under you she is. Like I think magic on the New Mutants is like cyborg when it comes to the Teen Titans or the Titans when it came out. I'm talking, you know, when it was the New Titans, where it was Robin and Raven and, and Kid Flash, and right, and it was you know George Perez and Marv Wolfman I- that were doing that run. Cyborg is, you know, when you see him now, they realize that Cyborg is a Justice League level power kind of character, but he was on the mm-hmm. Titans. That's the same way I feel about Ileana magic dealing with, you know, being on the New Mutants. She's, she's too powerful for them. She was too right. powerful for them from the get-go. She was the one that had their own issue. And the X-Men can deal with a whole magic aspect that they've never dealt with before. Mm-hmm. And that would be interesting. So, you know, Bring me, give me back Goblin Queen. I mean, no one ever dies in in, Mar- in Marvel or DC. Bring back Goblin Queen. Let let it be Infernal too. Let let the Goblin Queen invade Limbo, and then mm-hmm. let Ileana have to go and save it as a Sorcerer Supreme of Limbo. And the only way she can do it is unleashing the Dark Child. But unleashing the Dark Child brings up those dark tendencies, right? Mm-hmm. How do you bring her back? That that's the storyline that I I would pick up that storyline and read it. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. right. That that that's all this exciting. You you mentioned this character, and I'm like, oh wow! And then yeah. I thought about it, and the more I thought about it, the more I got excited. I'm like, now I know they did cast her already in mm-hmm. the New Mutants movie in 2020, right. right? I like the look of the actress that played it, but the actress that played her was the actress had the look, the actress had the, the character you would expect her to have. Well, maybe it's a little bit too much of you know, uh, and and the rough. Too rough, yeah, too rough. And my my couple of things that were cons for me. So the actress is not Russian, from my understanding. Yeah, the actress that played her is born in the states, and she's got Brazilian background. She's not Russian, but she has the look. So I'll say that. 
And then on top of it, the New Mutants movie, it's hard. I don't understand why they picked that storyline for the movie. I know it was one of the most popular storylines in the New Mutants run of the comic book, mm-hmm. but that was not their origin. Yeah. You know, for our fans and anyone listening, you, if you watch the movie and go, oh, okay, the movie was okay, or I liked the movie, or I didn't like the movie, whatever your opinion is, we, we respect that. But understand this, the movie doesn't cover issue number one. The movie is talking about issue number 21 or issue 26, where it brings in the uh, the demon bear. The demon bear didn't show up until like the early issues in the 20s. You've now skipped 20 plus issues mm-hmm. of New Mutants lore. That was important to building up the team to that moment. So I thought that was a weird starting off place for the team, for the movie. And as I said, the actress, uh, Anya, she has the look of Ileana, Mm -hmm. I can imagine. You know, and I I, I like what she did with the script that she was provided. But to me, I'm going to go with someone that's a little bit more, you know, I want, if we want to have black actors and actresses play black characters, then okay, then cast them, and then we do it the same way. At times, we don't like you know. I don't really go with the gender swap or race swap. Uh, sometimes it's fun to do it and throw it out there as an alternate universe, and I have no problem with that. But if you're gonna get with the core character, sometimes you gotta be with the core character. So, right. character this important, I'm not gonna gender swap or anything like that. And I want someone that's Russian, Dasvidanya. Okay. okay. Yeah, okay. right. That's okay. Dasvidanya. So that that's my whole spiel there. So we'll get to the part. You, what, do you have any others? Um, Thought there, Rob, um, before we get into the fan casting and, and all that stuff? No, no, no. I mean, I mean, in, in reality, like I said, I, I really like this character. Um, I will agree, like, when Chris brought this character to the table, it was definitely at that time a very hard left. It was something like you just didn't see before. And it was great that we saw her for as a child. As a child, and all of a sudden, boom, she's now she's a teenager. Now we have to go through a backstory. Now we have to show the lore of how did this happen. Let the let the X Men try to figure this out, as well as understanding the different dynamics of I had a little girl, and seven seconds without not being in my hand, I lost I lost co- physical contact with the child for seven seconds. Shush, person is like seven years old. And how that dynamic is going to work, not how, how people are going to start reacting to her. She was a little girl just last week and now she's a, you know, she's half, you know, she's a teenager. So yeah. I will, I like that dynamic and how that was written in. So it just basically gave you, it just gave you a whole different perspective on reality, on different type of, I'm going to throw a grenade in. Let's see how this works. And I liked it. I personally did like, I did like the dynamics of having her this like basically she's now trying to get used to them because mm-hmm. she's been without people for so long. Yes. Although she had she had literally, like you said, she had two she had basically surrounded herself by demons. She had uh storm from another dimension. She even had uh, a kitty pride like type individual who was like a half cat, half humanoid. So she had that type of connection to, but basically, she didn't really interact with no human beings per se for like seven years. No, no. So this is a whole dynamic for her, just trying to change her whole her way, her her persona, change herself, and just, aka, ha ha, just kidding to me. 
she basically was the early version of Seven of Nine trying to become human. Yes. Uh, that's, yes. that's really what it is. It's like, I'm not a droid anymore. I'm not a Borg droid anymore. I got to integrate and assimilate myself back into human society. How do I do it without taking someone's head off that they got me upset? And I'm just going full-blown magic on you. Ooh, sorry. Right, 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 right. I can't, I can't take you out. It's not your fault. It's no one's fault. Whoosha, whoosha herself out of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the, that's the part when I, honestly, it was always fun just seeing how you seeing stuff from so many different perspectives all happening at once and seeing who has a dominance action at that point. So yeah, that was, that was a great, that was a great thing. So, I mean, and so much like, lore as you put it so much lore for a story right like i said we talked about limbo we talked about uh belesco you know mm-hmm. we we talked about storm from a different dimension white you know uh, dark beast um you know she's she's got the the uh that that, that uh, i just saw it there and i lost it the the gem that she's got to put her soul in that helps correct her you know the, soul, the, soul, the bloodstone the bloodstone thank you right you know her family lineage you know uh it's there's so much and it, and we didn't even touch on one point the main thing as i said is the, the heart of the character her parents mm-hmm. so keep in mind that yeah. when this comic book came out i mean we're here we are in 2023 but you know when she came out ussr was you know that's where uh peter was that's where they were living that's where the kgb was around things are different now than it was back then now i'll make this really short the parents are key you know there's certain people i think they're key in in x-men history that don't get enough you know shine so everyone focuses on the summer family right that's cyclops that's havoc yep right uh you know gene gray okay let's get back to the the summer's family to the summer's boys right because Mm -hmm. we know there's cyclops there's havoc and then there's uh vulcan yep okay who was born later on outer space whatever so the parents, same parents, those parents' generic genetic material are supposed to make three of the toughest ones that, you know, and then it parlays into Cable later on, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. But I think we're missing the point here when you look at the Rasputin family. That's true. Right? Okay, mom, dad, great genetic material because three of their kids are mutants. So we know right away, first and foremost, is Colossus. And then mm-hmm. second, it comes up Ileana, right? Yep. And then they have their brother, who was the cosmonaut, who they thought died. But you find out later on that his power developed, and he ended up in a different dimension. Right. And he comes back. And I can't remember his name right now. Forgive me. His name is um, uh, Mikhail. Mikhail, thank you. And he comes back with uh, a power and a half, and he's a little bit nuts in the head. But still, here's my other last storyline pitch. The Mm. government kidnaps the parents. Well, you know, in, in, in <laughs> Russia, they don't say kidnap. They just they just come by for a visit, and you don't see the parents again. It's a black van, door closes, a gone, right? Wow. It's the last mm-hmm. ride. But the government would acquire the parents because think about it: same parents have three kids, and all three of your kids are mutants. That's like you go, you play the lotto on a Wednesday, you win the jackpot, fifty million. You go back the following Wednesday. You play the jackpot. You win fifty million. You go back. You play the the lotto the following Wednesday. Guess what? You win again fifty million. You win fifty million three weeks in a row every Wednesday. Someone's watching you. Someone's well, gonna pick you up. 
Come on, you have, have three kids. Look at the odds. You have three kids, and all three kids are mutants, and they're not low level mutants. It's not like one's born with a third eye. These are all high level. I mean, Ileana's powers alone, you know, sure, it's stepping disc. Okay, so I'll say this: as um, and she's on different teams. Okay, so she was on the X Men at one point. She was on the New Mutants, obviously. Uh, she was part of the Hellions, which was, you know, the Phoenix Five. That's another thing going on there. You know, she had multiple aliases, Dark Child, Light Child, you know, Red Flag in issue number one, three, three, and, uh, you know, so, so forth, so forth, right? Her abilities are psionic shields as her mutant powers, psionic shields, stepping disc, interdimensional teleportation, and time travel. Those are just her, that's her powers. Okay. Yep. And that still does a lot. But then let's add the sorcery. So she has astral projection, binding, energy manipulation, exorcism, limbo control, matter manipulation, protection shield spell, summoning, scrying, and then she has her Eldrith armor. And the Eldrith armor gives her super superhuman strength, deflects and limits physical and magical attacks. Okay. And then when she has her uh, soul sword, it you know enhances wielder's power level, disrupts magic energy, con- constructs and creatures so she hits dr strange with a soul sword his cape the eye of that mac mac or whatever agamito you know the eye the cape they gonna feel some they gonna feel like they gonna feel it that's she's a tank yeah all right so at this point rod (laughs) if you had to adapt this from comic book and everything we've talked about how would you how would you like to see this adapted? Hit me with the good stuff. Well, I would I would actually like a live a live one. Um it will have to be a series. Like we've basically unbeknownst to everybody, we've really just kind of we didn't scratch the surface. You know, we got a good amount of surface. Like, you know, we're not giving the same, oh, it's scratching there's there's a ton more. I mean, there's a truckload. There's a, there's a lot of stuff that's layered on her. That can't be done in a movie. Listen to what Barry was just saying about the new, the new Mutant movie. It kind of started off kind of like 20 episodes down, issues down. And we just got a little something about her. But like you say, we just went through her lore. We went through her, 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 her stuff. So it has to be, to me, it has to be a series. God, give me, serious. give me at least you have enough story that you have enough for at least two seasons. Yeah. And we can build from there. Give me two seasons. I'm sure we can definitely, we can pull a third, but let's just go with two seasons straight about what? 10 to 12 episodes each. And that would definitely get us through uh, the first, first season would be her origin have a good chunk while she's inside. Right. Limbo. And then, and then come back. And then the second season is basically now the adapting aspect of how she's, she's now trying to assimilate herself back into human lore and how to become, you know, how to interact with people in society and stuff like that. Have flashbacks to when she was in limbo to also give you that balance again of where she was. What she had, what she had to endure. Yep. What what toughened her up while she was there would make her have to rethink. I, I would have done that there. I, I can't do that over there. 
because I'm, I'm over on this side now. I'm on the I'm on the on the earth realm. I can't be so tough. And and that to me would be like season two. Go along that line. Now with all that, I wanted to go with someone. Um, I did think along the line of having someone again, like Barry was saying, having someone from Russia. Um, I just personally I couldn't find anybody. Just me personally, mm-hmm. in my search parameters wasn't tough enough. Right. So. Please don't kill me at casting directors or anything along that line. I did my, my best, you know, <laughs> just me and my uh, little plastic chair here. I did what I can. Um, <laughs> but, but I did find someone that I did like because I'm trying to remember if I had her for something else. Uh, but I wanted – I know I did, but I just can't remember what I wanted, I wanted to have her play. But I wanted to have uh, Jenna Ort- Ortega. Oh, okay. Jenna, Jenna Ortega. Um, again, you know me. I like to – I like to jump and find someone who might have been recently who's kind of hot, who's making some moves now. Someone who was like, depending on what they did from, you know, within a good time frame that, you know, whatever they had hot from, you know, a little while ago or someone brand new. Jenna, basically, is anyone catching with all my babbling and my stalling saying the words Wednesday? So the recent show, oh. Wednesday show, oh. I would like to have Wednesday because Wednesday is already in is already that lore of the mystique the, the occult the um not say black magic but in the right. sense like when you think of the adam family you just think like okay we know they're not casting spells but we know like whew, they're right up they're just so close they're right up there and again jenna ortega she she did that show wonders i was i fell in love with them with the show after like the first second episode, I'm like, oh, I'm in. Now I'm like, I can't wait for it to, you know, binge it and watch it and watch it and watch it. So now I want to give her the opportunity. She's, you know, dark hair, blonde hair here, you know, yeah, a little coloring. But she has the face structure to give me a type of, I am focused. I'm solid. I can be, I can look cold hearted into your soul and make you shiver. Before you realize, uh, uh, I'm, I'm sorry. Before the soul blade comes and takes out your life, the choice is yours. Choose right. your next words wisely, or this blade will have a conversation with you. Okay, good call, good call, good call. Uh, yeah, all right, good call. I like that, man. That's really, that's really, yeah, that's deep. That's deep because I can see that. I can see that. Okay, so just like you, I was going with um live action adaptation. I was thinking about mm-hmm. movie, and I said, okay, there's too much lore. We got to have a series. Um, and, but I, I got a series with, with stipulations. And once again, would okay. it be a regular TV series? Would it have to be a streaming series? I'd probably have to be a more streaming series. And this is what it is hmm. in my mind. Well, in a perfect world, one streaming series. And I'll tell you why, because they have more access to a budget with when it comes to certain characters as a regular, like, you know, TV series. And I'm not knocking on TV series. They have hmm. their role, but sometimes the superhero stuff, it's a little bit hard unless yeah. they're really going to do it. So MCU. Hope you're listening up. D- Disney Plus, hope you're listening up. So turn around. Magic, you know, the Alana story, Alana Rasputin story, as you put it, two seasons. Um, could be possibly three or more, right? But yeah. definitely start off with two seasons. As you said, that first season's got to start in limbo. So do a flashback. Sh- and here's what it is. You got to get the characters. Who you're casting to be the X-Men for the next couple of years, you have to put it in their contract that they have to show up on this show. Mm-hmm. It's Even if it's a small role. And it's really important to my visual aspect of this. So this is what I'm talking about. 
You do a flashback with Colossus in the field, Ileana, little girl. Okay, boom, move on. Then you do the flashback of, you know, maybe quickly, Ileana gets kidnapped, and there's, in the background, you see the X-Men fighting Dr. Doom, just like a quick still, boom, okay. Then you turn around and see Ileana getting taken by uh, Belisco. You don't have to show about Shadow Cat or Kitty Pride in there and doing right. that. Just yep. see the hand come out, grab her. Now, right. here's how I want to show time passing, right? Let's say it's 12 episodes, season one. So from the X-Men point of view, you see the portal open up. Whoever the actress is that you cast, that's going to be Kitty Pride. She's there. Who you cast as Colossus is going to be there. And every episode, show them moving in slow motion at the very beginning of the episode. Slow motion, reaching for the portal. So let's say, you know, you see Blasco's hand come out. Nice. He grabs, moves quick. And you just see them start to start going, no, but don't put no sound effects. But you know what I mean? You got that slow yeah. motion turn, just no, boom, it cuts. Now you see Blasco in limbo with Ileana go through a proper episode at normal time. Beginning right. of Ileana, episode two, they turn a little bit more, go through another episode. Episode three, you see them start to pivot and someone starts to kind of slowly start to reach out their hands, go through that, that episode. Episode four, see someone kind of moving bit. So every beginning episode intro, the not intro not would not be your standard intro. It's going to show whoever it is, even though it only took maybe, you know, a minute to film that sequence. Mm -hmm. You stretch it out by putting that extreme slow-mo and let that be your opening credits. Ileana, you know, magic. Uh, and right. you always show the X-Men moving extremely slow, trying to get to the portal. Mm -hmm. You do season one. So by the end of season one, Kitty's hands have now gone through. And at the end of the episode, you finally see Kitty's hands come through. Pull her out. Ileana grabs her. She pulls her out. And it stops and season two. As, as she comes out and everybody's like. As she comes out. And they see, who are you? Right. So visually. Exactly. So picture visually as people watching, you're like, oh, man. Kitty's hands moved a couple more inches. Colossus turned this way. Uh, you know, someone is Wolverine springing forward. This person's, you know, and you really don't have to show all the X-Men. You just need to show Kitty Pride and Colossus. Really focus mm -hmm. on them. Show the face kind of turning slowly. Show the expression. Like, really film at normal speed, slow it down, and just show a couple of snippets. Because that way, it tells the audience by the time you get near the end of the episode, it's like, oh, man, look, Kitty's hands are just going into the portal. You know, Kitty's fingers are just going through the portal. What happened? Kitty's uh, Kitty's hands are just got through the portal. Okay, it keeps going. Or the, uh, you know, Atlanta's perspective. Kitty's arms are finally through the portal to, from the fourth, right. just below the elbow, right to the right. forearm, all the way down to her hands are in there. And at the end of the episode, you know, whatever happens, season one, Ileana sees it and grabs her hands, and then she starts to pull her back, and she pulls her back. And can you imagine how the anticipation would build? Over 12, 13 episodes, you're seeing it from there. So then it makes you understand how time is passing. Not completely. You know, how fast is passing in limbo. And how she's aging. And then when she comes out, it's like, Kitty, you saved me. And you're like, Ileana? Right? And like, you're not expecting that. And then you get into season two. Now, of course, you got to show the actress. And I think that would be a cool aspect, depending how you want to show the age of the actress. Like, you know, she speeds up. And, you know, so there's, there's a lot of things to yeah. work out. But that's how I see it visually. Yeah. Now, you know what? Go, mm. go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead, man. No, I'll just say, I'll definitely add to that in the sense of you have the, if you have like the first, first episode, 
you do a shot where you have a, a, maybe maybe like three or four X Men's in camera shot, but then the remaining, all you do is you yeah. have the camera, you have you tighten up with all you have at that particular angle that you're always just seeing Kree's arm. Yeah. So then you can even save in a sense of cost of having the actress, the actor and actress come back for every single one. Right. So you can basically have it from a particular angle that you just keep seeing. Yes. You yes. know, from the beginning, that yes. is supposed to be Kitty's arm. Yeah. So now you can save costs and let's say, well, we won't, we won't bring back the actress again. You just do the first one, do the, you know, like you say, videotape it, record it just as is, whatever, and you'll slow it down. But all you do going forward, you just have that. Um, yeah, that would, that would be perfect. And on the way out, because Eliana is not going to remember when she was seven that it was Kitty that grabbed her. So all no. she's going to get is when she gets pulled out, she realizes, saying, I see hands. This is my way to get out of here. Yes, she doesn't know Kitty's hands. She doesn't know it's Kitty's hands. So she just pulls. So when she gets pulled out, she'll be like, because she may not remember who Kitty is at that time. Right. They'll look and realizing, well, I know I put you in. Yes. You just yes. came out. You yes. should be Ileana, but who are you? And that's when you do a, a tight shot of or wide shot. Colossal's looking at her, but he's like saying, "Oh snap, you look like a younger version of Mom." But that's how you'll know the expression that right, 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 right. That's my kin. That's my blood. You don't yeah. look like the person I just saw seven seconds ago, but all of a sudden you look like Auntie. So, so forth right, so. right, right, and then you can see the connection right there. And that's when you will say off his lips, they say, Ileana, season one, done. Season What's one, done. Mean? Right. So here's my thing. I'm going with a little bit of an older actress because mm-hmm. I, I see this material being a little bit dark. But it's fine. It is, and it's, that's the way. But I, I found a Russian actress. She's older. Um, but even then, the actress, Anna, who played her, is in her 30s, right, in the New Mutants. So, mm-hmm. you know, my actress is not too far off in age. And, and you know what? It still works because you can just say instead of she spent seven years, she spent maybe – 17 years or 15 years in limbo, right? right? Okay. So that's how I'm looking at it. So the actress I'm going with is her name is Lanka Guri. So L-Y-A-N-K-A. Last name is G-R-Y-U. So she's a Russian actress. I like her look. She's done a lot of different things. And she's actually done the Russian version of playing a character in there at Sherlock Holmes. I don't know if she speaks English. I'm assuming she does. Mm. Because I think she was in other projects too that, you know, were English-speaking. But, you know, um, yeah, yeah I, I like her look. And I think that from what the clips and, and imagery I've seen of her, like sometimes you see her as a blonde, sometimes you see her as a brunette, redhead, mm-hmm. you know, curly hair. She, she's got the, uh, I like her smile. And I'll explain what I mean by that. As a kid, you'll always have a youngish looking, very big grin smile. Mm-hmm. And I think that would still go back to her childhood, you know, even though she's has dark moments, she's going to be, you know, she's going to light up when she sees hope. She finally has hope. And those are things that she has to transcend. She has to show that even though she's gone through a lot of darkness, she's come out and she still has hope and, and makes it more tangible instead of her just coming out and being just grumpy all the time. I'm not saying she'll have grumpy moments, but she has to still be the light of hope because she's known as the light bringer or the light child even, or, or dark, you know, so she's got to play both worlds. But, you know, when I've seen other images of her, other clips of her, I've seen her play kind of dark and, and light at the same time. So that's who I'm going with is Lenka Guri. So this is one of the stretch for me, but I wanted to keep her. She's Russian. 
I wanted to keep it with that <laughs> native um, Russian lore because if she speaks English, I, I want her to speak English with a Russian accent. She has to. <laughs> oh, <laughs> she ain't going to talk to she from New York. No, completely, completely, because she left. She left with that accent. Um, yeah, you and would, that accent you would, would be ingrained. She might lose a little bit of it because she's dealing with demons. So regardless of what their language I, is going to be, like or what their not their language, what their the tone dialect. is going to be, yeah, the, the dialect. dialect thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's that's who uh, I'm going with there, Rod. Okay. Okay, that's not bad. Not bad at all. I like it. I like. I definitely like the story. It. Uh, <laughs> I definitely do like the story. It makes. Um, your your visual aspect of it definitely does make a lot of sense, and it will definitely catch people's attention because you can now verbally say it again. People, you know me and I saying stuff like this. This could be like a twenty four. It'd be like Keith and Sutherland twenty four. Yes. Every everything. There's some. Ch- on one side, you see what's going on is moving in. You know, in their time frame, but we're knowing. Their time is regular, but you can see from our perspective, it's slow because you're now looking from Limbo's perspective. Now I'm here for like 10 years. It's going right. to be a while. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. You'll definitely, you'll definitely need at least for that one, you'll definitely need at least, even for myself, mm. I would definitely need three seasons. Three different, not three seasons, three different a- actresses. Oh, absolutely! Young, to show the age progression, the age, age, the age, you know, age aggression and uh, ascension and stuff along that line. But definitely, that was where I would. That's where I would. I would say it makes sense. I like it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I like your choice too. So, you know, that that is it. So we're gonna wrap this show up. We've been talking a lot about magic, <laughs> and, and, and I love it. I didn't mean like we get so deep into it, but there's that shows you how much lore mm-hmm. there is. So, any last words, Rob, before we wrap this show up? Um, you know what? At this point, I will just say that the character magic has, as you say, a lot of meat, a lot of a lot of layers. Um, she can, she can open up. A, she can also open up a realm in the sense for young people to be, um, you know, to associate themselves with. You know, this is. The, you know, the harsh realities of life changes and whatever the case may be, yeah. you know, having being from a protective home, a protected environment. And now you just been sent into the realms of demons. And, and now how that toughen up a person and realizing that she has to go through to, you know, to find her inner peace and how, you know, how she how does she cope with it? I'm sure yeah. there are people who, you know, who be able to relate to it in some particular meaning, way and manner. It would deal a lot with mental illness or mental resiliency. Mm-hmm. She, this is where she would really strive. And, you know, Marvel should push her more, to, especially in this day and age with everything going on. You're right. She, she's, a, she's a good character, how to deal with the dark, the light. Mm-hmm. You, know, um, you know, she was raised by demons pretty much, let's be real. More so than her parents, not say because her parents didn't love her, it's just that she got taken, right? right. And, and deal with that, and then also reconnecting, learning how to reconnect because she's probably built up walls. So, reconnect with her brother, 100%. reconnect with her parents. I know in the comic book they dealt with it that she kind of just, well, I don't want to go home because mom and dad, you know, and they were like, well, we know we want to see her, right? And she right. couldn't leave Xavier's because mentally she put up a wall, but she got through it. So, yeah, yeah, uh, you're right. This is this is the character that would, um, would really, I think would really resonate with a lot of people in this mm-hmm. day and age. Young people that are going through a lot of changes and even uh, more adults, but you know, no, and, and handling that, 
yeah, I agree with that. She would she would really be that beacon to show how to go through the hardships and deal with it. And if they have it, if the storylines are written a good way, and mm-hmm. even they bring on, let's say, a psychiatrist to look at some of the storylines and add little points here and there, it would give the, that much more. Like this is where Marvel, you DC, you could sh- I'm not DC, uh, Disney, Marvel. you can shine. Yeah. Marvel, you can mm-hmm. shine with yeah. with magic. And, and, and no pun intended with Ileana Rasputin. I think an actress, if she really understood the backstory of the character, would say, oh, because actors always want to get um, play a character that has multiple facets. Yep. And she's not the damsel, damsel in stress, because I said she got kidnapped and then became the Sorcerer Supreme of Limbo. So she went from, you know, prey to hunter, in a sense. 100%. 100%. 100%. All right, we're going to wrap this episode up. I know we thank you everyone for tuning in. Uh, I almost forgot to support the book. So please go and check out our buddies over at Check Swings and tell Trevor we said hi. And check out anyone, you know, if that's in Montreal and anyone here in Ontario, make your way out to Kitchener, head out to Wild Comics, tell Wes and the rest of the guys we said hi, support the books. It gives us something to talk about. On that note, hmm. this is Barry 3D. I'm here with my cousin. Rod C. Rod C. There you go. And this whole world was started with a pencil, a piece of paper, and lots of imagination. Keep on dreaming. It's all about magic. It's all about magic. All right, cool. We out. Bye-bye.